truth. 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 Welcome to Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. How you doing? This is Samuel Tolley, Trusting the Truth. Today we're going to talk about demonic Democrats, North and South. You know, it, it doesn't. It seems like it doesn't matter if they're in northern states or they're in southern states. But for some reason, these Democrats uh, operate from like people that are under demonic influence. I, I know when I talk about stuff like this, many of my Democrat friends get upset. But think about it. I mean, if you are a Bible-believing person. The Democrat Party stands uh, lockstep with everything that's antithetical to the word of God. I mean, to say that they believe in abortion is, it's not even, it doesn't even excite people anymore. It doesn't even excite the, the normal Democrat. They're not even talking about just abortion, uh, safe and legal. They're talking about abortion through a whole nine months of pregnancy. And they're even talking about, and they call this uh, abortion up until 28 days after birth. That's really infanticide or a fancy word for murder outside of the womb, whereas abortion is murder inside of the womb. But it's not just that. These people stand for everything. I mean, child mutilation. I mean, it's like they talk about you like you're crazy if you're not for it. And the latest thing, the latest thing is when this movie Sound of Freedom came out. You know, the movie Sound of Freedom um, is about this gentleman that used to work for Homeland Security catching child predators, people that would, you know, get children and put them into sex trafficking and all kinds of stuff like that who actually quit his job. This guy had children, four or five kids of his own and a wife. He quit his job so he can go after uh, trying to save some children. And this movie, Sound of Freedom, records how he uh, put together a sting in which they saved two children uh, that he was going after, according to the sting, and more than about 120 other children. And this was in, I don't know, Columbia or someplace. <clears throat> but it's a true story. Obviously, like most movies, there's a few things that they embellish. But by and large, it's a true story. And we're getting all these, these, these articles and these news reports from the likes of CNN and Rolling Stones and different places like that, talking about some kind of QAnon conspiracy. I mean, this is how you get to understand how the propaganda wheels of the media work. Instead, they don't want you to focus on the, the subject of the movie. They'll say something like, well, yeah, we, we know. We know that there are some child trafficking going on and and some of that stuff is horrible but this but but then they'll try to deflect they'll talk about well this guy you know jim Cas casazo I, I can't pronounce his name right <clears throat> you know 
uh, the star of the movie, who was also the guy that starred in The Passion of Christ. Oh, you know, he's like a QAnon theorist or, or, or different goofy stuff like that or anything that remotely brings people close to the cross or thoughts of the cross or anything that's got to do with Christianity. The media tries to frame it other than what it should be. I remember, and this is a little quick segue, the movie Independence Day. Now, the theatrical release of Independence Day, you saw nothing pertaining to Christianity or church. You know, you got the aliens from outer space coming in and you got your hero, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum and, you know, everybody's doing their thing. And, and it was a real exciting, fun movie. You know, it was a fantasy. It wasn't real. Nobody thought it was real. It was just mindless entertainment, which is generally what I will go to see. But when the DVD came out and you got the director's cut, there was a there was a part in the movie. And by the way, in that fantasy movie, um, Will Smith's girlfriend was a stripper. And so in the movie, uh, in the director's cut, the stripper becomes somewhat of a hero herself. You know, after she kicks a... <laughs> kicks a door in that was locked up to save her and her little boy and her dog. <clears throat> she gets this big tanker truck, something like that. And she's carrying people, you know, she, she's picking up people that are uh, injured or hurt. And I think one of them, well, I know one, one of them was the president's wife. So she picked her up and then she saw this preacher and this guy's running around here with a Bible acting like a nut wing. You know, this, the world's coming to an end and all this stuff. And she's trying, here it is, this sensible, reasonable stripper is trying to talk to this religious fanatic and ask him to get away from all the destruction that he's around and come join them so they can go to safety. Well, he didn't do it. That's the way they like to paint people with a biblical mindset. You know, you, you will see movies where the homosexual is the wittiest, uh, the smartest, the cleverest uh, person in there. But if anybody that's a preacher, he's either a money grubber, he's a wing nut, he's, he's crazy. So this is, like I said, this sound of freedom, the idea that it, and it didn't even really get into a theological framework. But I guess the idea that this man was a hero and he was for moral rightness, uh, they couldn't take it. And they're just going all over the place, condemning it, condemning the movie. And, you know, one of the things that they're probably pissed off is because it made more money than Raiders of the Lost Ark or, or you know, what's his name? Harrison Ford movie. Uh, he's not Raiders of the Lost Ark, but. I can't even think of the name of the character. He's Indiana Jones, that character. And he's, what, 80 years old playing that role again. And they said that the movie wasn't that good. But this Sound of Freedom was made five years ago. And it just now came out. Because if I got my understanding right, Fox made the movie originally. And then Disney bought Fox. Disney didn't want to bring it out. It would seem like that would be the kind of vehicle that the old Disney would have brought out but disney's so woke and screwed up that i guess they didn't want to touch it so 
Angel Studios got a hold to it. They, they, they got money from people and they put it together and they release it. And it's a great movie. I think it's a, it's a movie that people should see that it, it, that it tells a profound story and it tells stuff that's going on right now. And probably one of the reasons why they don't want people to focus on it is because of the Epstein thing. Because if you remember this person, Jeffrey Epstein was running this Island where the rich and famous would visit him all the time. And he had a bunch of minors, which would make anybody that was seeing him or seeing them and having intercourse with them pedophiles. Well, you know, Epstein supposedly committed suicide in jail where he was in a cell with a camera focused on him in a cell. And of course the camera went out and he had guards that were supposed to be watching him 24 seven and they were asleep. So supposedly he killed himself. I don't think anybody with a right brain thinks he killed himself no more than anybody with a right brain thinks Biden got 81 million votes. But what's interesting his, his, his madam sweetheart, she's in jail. But so you got these two people that are in jail and nobody, no one, where is the list? Where is his client ledger? All the people that went over there. We've heard rumors and accusations about what Prince Andrew, you know, and we know Bill Clinton was over there. I mean, after all, there was a photo that came out with him in a yellow and in a, in a blue dress. Of course, that didn't bother anybody because in these days, the liberal's mind is, you know, do as thou wilt. Men can wear dresses all day long. It doesn't make any difference. Folk love that kind of stuff. People that are got a perverted mindset, that is. But nevertheless, um, we haven't seen the Epstein list, the clientele, the people that he pandered to. Um, the people that kept him out of jail because he should have been in prison a long time ago. And the fact that he wasn't going to come out this time, I think they had to make sure he was quiet forever. See, I think if anybody's paying any attention at all to what's going on in the United States of America, the facade that justice is blind has been brought to light because there's no such thing as blind justice in this America. It's the haves versus the have-nots. And I believe it's always been that way. I mean, you, we can go back to Chappaquiddick uh, when uh, Teddy Kennedy was with Mary Jo Kopechny fooling around with her with a bunch of other people at night. And then he drove his car off a river. She drowned. He left her there. He went home. And didn't report it to the next day. Did that guy ever spend a day in jail? No. Did he get kicked out of the Senate? No. You know, Hillary and the 30,000 emails. Nothing happened. Nothing happens to rich Democrats in this country and rich Republicans, depending on who they are. You know, if you if you stay within the confines of the rules of the game, they'll take care of you. You know, you know, if you stay within the confines of the rules of the game, you have nothing to worry about. I don't care what you do. Look at Hunter. Hell, look at who, whoever had cocaine in the White House. You know, you got these dadgum transvestites or these transgenders, whatever you want to call them, they shaking their their fake jugs in the in, in the lawn. Nothing happens to them. 
You know, you, you, you got a president that doesn't even know where he is half the time. Nobody says anything about that. Our news media said that Trump was crazy before he even got in the Oval Office. Now, Biden has been in the Oval Office about three years and he don't even know he's there half the time. And the news media says nothing. So if you are in there, just like if just like right now, they're, they're they're trying to sue Trump every which way they can in state court, federal court. Hell, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if the city don't come after him next. You know, everybody's trying to get him. They're trying to get him in jail. They're trying to do anything they can. The only thing they haven't done yet. And, and Lord knows we hope they won't is try to take him out because he didn't play by the rules. You know, he he defied the rules and the way this country is set up these days, you know, you don't you don't you don't operate in logic, common sense or correct memory, because if you operated in correct memory, everyone would understand that prior to him running for president, everybody loved Trump, whether he was Democrat or Republican, white, black polka dot. He was a hero. He was somebody that was desired. He, you know, people didn't want to emulate him. He was great. And then this guy became president and everybody hated his guts. I mean, those in the establishment meet the establishment, those that were, uh, you know, Republicans that were rhinos, the Democrats, all these people hated him. You know, because he went against the narrative. He went against the prescription. He actually told the people, this is what I'm going to do when I, if I become president. And he actually went about the process of trying to do it. Whereas in most cases, <laughs> these folks make all these promises and never live up to them. And he went about the business of trying to do it. Well, that disrupted the swamp. Because the swamp is a fixture. I mean, look, you have people that can be elected as senators and congresspeople, and if they lose their election, then they go to work as a lobbyist in Washington, D.C., making more money than they did when they were in government, as long as they stay within the fixture. Well, Trump went out of the fixture. Trump disrupted it so much that he made the media forget about the fact that it was their job to pretend like they were going to be fair and balanced. They even went so far as to say, we're not fair and balanced. We have to expose him. This is a, around the way to get to where I'm going. And where I was getting to going is this. I think, by and large, in our political spectrum, you, you have the Democrat Party that is just totally about power. And they they don't have morals. They're 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 demonic because they they do a lot of things that are antithetical to what is supposed to be done. <clears throat> and then you have a lot of Republicans, many who are about morals, but most are without backbone. They just want to get reelected. They they want to they want to play nice guy when you're dealing with a bunch of folks that aren't nice. You can't deal with folks that aren't nice and, and be nice guy. But but many of the people in the you know RSC hasn't figured that out. So and also our media, who's supposed to be the referee, isn't. They're not doing their job. And therefore, we are being 
twisted around by every facet of the government. And the facet I want to talk about today is a couple of Democrat governors, one North, one South, and how they are twisting people and how they're misusing their uh, authority. And the reason why they can misuse their authority is because the people, number one, do not know their rights. And number two, they don't stand up for their rights because they don't teach civics in our schools anymore. So let me give you a quick civics lesson on the First Amendment to the Constitution. Let's get this out of here. Okay, let's look at this real quick. The First Amendment of the Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now, I want I highlighted the, the part of the First Amendment I really want you to focus on. Or prohibiting the free exercise of religion. Now, we had our free exercise of religion was prohibited during the pandemic. It never should have been. In many cases, they closed down churches, you know, and we allowed them to get away with it because we as a citizen did not maintain our rights. They, 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 they use fear to control us. Well, we were so scared at first. Okay, we'll stay home. We won't go to work. We won't do nothing. You know, and then they stopped us from talking about it. We couldn't talk about it on social media. They, they, they shut down. They're still shutting down doctors and different people that say things that they don't want to be said. But that's not what we're talking about today. The second part of that, or abridging the freedom of speech. We have the right of free speech. And as a Christian, not only do we have the right of free speech, but we're called to be truthful and not to lie. That is what the Bible tells us as a Christian. And you're going to see how this comes into play when I talk about this first governor. So let's uh, get this out the way. And uh, I got to pull something else up that I didn't pull up. So bear with me. Uh-huh. Okay, I might as well pull this other one up right now as well so I won't have to do this again. Okay, so now remember, they're not supposed to mess with our religious beliefs or our ability to have free speech. Now, I'm not talking about, and this is Governor Whitmer of Michigan. I'm not talking about saying there's a fire because then that would be a lie. And Christians are called not to lie. You're not supposed to lie. You're not supposed to panic people in a fire or stupid stuff like that. But let's look 
at what they're talking about doing in Michigan. Michigan may imprison residents for years for misgendering or threatening LGBTQ individuals under a new hate speech bill. That's interesting phraseology right there. It's, there's one thing, there's a dip, great difference between so-called misgendering or threatening. Threatening is something that free speech doesn't grant you either. You can't go around just threatening people. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do this and that stuff. You know, but this misgendering. Let's read on. Michigan, uh, a state currently under Democratic control, has recently made headlines with the passing of a controversial bill known as HB 4474. According to the Daily Mail, this legislation often referred to as a hate speech bill aims to address the issue of causing emotional distress to individuals. Under this proposed law, individuals who intentionally cause others to feel terrorized. Think about that. We're, 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 they want to hold us liable behind how someone feels about what we say. Isn't that something? Let's get this moved over. Okay. Now look at this. Frighten or threaten may face criminal penalties. You, 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 okay, you're threatening somebody. When you're threatening somebody, you, you, they're being, they're, they're, they're wondering if they're going to get physical harm. What does frighten mean? I mean, you know, if you're just frightening somebody, like you're trying to scare them and mess them up, okay, there may be something to that. The bill includes provisions to protect individuals based on their sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. What does that mean? Let's look further. The definition of intimidate within the bill refers to a deliberate and repetitive course of conduct that involves harassing another person. The intent behind this behavior is to induce Feelings of fear, terror, uh, excuse me, feelings of terror, fear, or threat. And the victim must genuinely experience these emotions as a result. Who's going to make that judgment if this person felt these emotions? How can you measure that legally? And what would cause the emotions? What would qualify? To, to make somebody feel terror, fear, or threat. If found guilty of violating this proposed law, individuals may potentially be sentenced up to five years of imprisonment. Additionally, a fine of up to $10,000 could be imposed on the offender. So we're talking about giving putting somebody in jail for five years and a $10,000 fine if they say the wrong thing. And this person 
emotionally is upset because the wrong thing was said to him. But let's dig deeper into what they have to offer here. Critics of the bill argue that it could result in severe consequences as individuals could potentially face years behind bars simply for causing emotional distress to someone who identifies as a progressive or for using incorrect gender pronouns, also known as misgendering. Okay, as a Christian, you don't really have to even be a Christian. As a normal person that lived 10 years ago, when I see a man, an obvious man, there's no question that this is a man. I see a man. That's it. I see him. I see a man. But if this joker goes around and says that he's a woman, and he's telling me, I am a woman, you must identify me as a woman. Then if I was to go ahead and identify him as a woman based on what he says, then I'm lying. I am willfully lying. I'm willfully denying the faith that I believe in. And I'm also willfully denying the reality that I know. That's what this lie, this law is propagating. I believe that this is a direct violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution. Let's see. Uh, courtesy of the Daily Mail, here are sections of the legislation proving this is real. Well, let's look at this. Let's look at these sections. Okay. Okay, let's look at this top part. Under three, they highlight it. I'll just, I'm not just going to read the whole thing, but I'll read the highlighted part. Three, if any of the following conditions apply, a person who violates subsection one is guilty of a felony punishable by imprisonment for not more than five years or by a fine not more than $10,000 or both. And it goes down to section two. I mean, excuse me, number 15 under, excuse me, number 15 too. The actual or perceived characteristics of another individual referred under section one includes all of the following. And then it goes down here, okay, race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression. Okay. Gender orientation or sexual or gender identity or expression. Let's go down here to, to line 15 under um, this next part. A, gender identity or expression means having or being perceived as having a gender-related self-identity or expression, whether or not associated with an individual's assigned sex at birth. Now, here we are with this assigned sex stuff. Here we are with, 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 this, with this demonic uh, thing that's going around these days 
that says, well, when you're born, you was assigned this sex, but really we got to figure out after you get older what you are. You know, I mean, this, this demonic entity that's been metastasizing throughout American society and the world. I mean, this is a precursor of the Antichrist. I mean, this, you know, if I didn't live in this mess, I wouldn't believe it. But it's everywhere. And it's all over the place. And, we're, and they're just constantly talking about this assigned identity. I mean, you're, you're assigned sex, but we don't know what you are. It's like uh, Katinji Brown Jackson couldn't identify what a woman is. So this is this this is amazing. I mean, this is just this is amazing. Let's continue reading what these people got to say. The Michigan House of Representatives received recently passed HB 4474 with a vote of 5950, and it is now set to be reviewed by the state Senate. Given the Democratic majority in the Senate, it is highly likely that the bill will be approved. Wow. Gretchen, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a prominent supporter of President Biden, this was the woman that was during the pandemic, told folks in Michigan that they couldn't cut their yard amongst other, by paint and other things reportedly stands firmly behind this legislation and is anticipated to sign it into law, according to various sources. Several years ago, New York did the same thing. And I think theirs was like $25,000. It seems like this kind of stuff is a violent just a violent attack on the First Amendment. But what would happen is somebody gets prosecuted or put in jail or, or sued, then they're going to have to go to state court, then they're going to have to get incarcerated or whatever, or hire a bunch of lawyers and try to fight this thing through the appellate process. And it could take years and financially ruin somebody to get this thing to the Supreme Court, where I think it'll get shut down just like this garbage in Colorado's got shut down. And this brings me to another point. Donald Trump, I think he put in three Supreme Court justices. If Trump wouldn't have won the election, if Clinton, if Hillary wouldn't have won that election, this attorney general, for one, would be on the court. This lying dog who, who is really uh, just manipulating the law to take care of the Bidens, he would be on the court and it'd be two more. And this and, and Lord knows what these people, they had the majority on the court would allow. They'd probably outlaw the Second Amendment. And the only reason why we got a First Amendment in the first place right now is because we have a Second Amendment to, to protect it. And, the, and many churches, unfortunately, are lazadaical, lazadaical, well, excuse me, 
many of these churches aren't really paying attention to the word of God. They're social clubs. They say they love the Lord, but they're not telling their people, when you vote for folks like this, this is what you get, whether it's a federal or a state election. And then you turn around and, and, and they make the people suffer. But the people keep voting for these jokers. Let's continue. Concerned Michigan residents may have limited recourse once the bill takes effect, potentially leading them to seek legal remedies through the court system, what I said. However, the outcome remains uncertain as past experience with electoral processes, redistricting, and other judicial decisions have demonstrated that even a conservative-leaning court does not guarantee specific outcomes. Professor Emeritus William Wagner, a respected expert in constitutional law and a former federal judge, shared his apprehensions about the bill in an interview with the Daily Wire. Uh, he expressed his concerns that the legislation could be exploited to suppress conservative viewpoints or any speech that contradicts the narrative of the Michigan government. It is important to understand <clears throat> that advocates of this legislation could potentially utilize these policies as a tool to silence conservative expression or any viewpoints that challenge their agenda. Numerous cases across the country involving schools, churches, businesses, and individuals have demonstrated how proponents of similar laws employ legal actions to silence dissenting voices and impose financial burdens on those who hold differing perspectives. That's exactly what I said. They want to break you. If they, they, even if they know they're going to lose, they want to break you. Wagner further criticized the bill for determining the criminal nature of an action after the fact, which he believes undermines the due process clause of the Constitution and diminishes its integrity. Of course it does. This is garbage. Well, there's a demonic governor from the north, the one we're talking about today. Let's talk about a demonic governor from the south, shall we? And for that, we shall go to North Carolina. Here we are, folks, North Carolina. North Carolina, Democrat North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper vetoes bill protecting children from transgender surgery. I'm, I'm telling you, folks, Satan has got his grips on the Democrat Party. He's got his grips on the Democratic Party tight. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper, a Democrat, vetoed three bills this week, one which would protect children from life. Let's change this here. Altering gender surgeries performed under the guise of affirmation. 
you know, I think I talked with Pastor Cooper last week about California wanting to make laws, AB 957, that would hold parents criminally liable um, if they didn't affirm their uh, child's desire to change their sex. Instead of helping the parent, the government would, would, would take the kids away. Cooper vetoed House Bill 808, also known as the Act to Prohibit Gender Transition Procedures for Minors, which specifically states that it would be unlawful for a medical professional to perform surgical gender transition procedure on a minor or to prescribe, provide, or dispense puberty-blocking drugs or cross-sex hormones to a minor. The bill provided exceptions, including for those with a medically verifiable disorder of sex development. According to the measure, those who violate the bill would have their medical license revoked. And that sounds like a good bill to me. Our children, they're mutilating little kids. And many of them are growing up and finding out that they weren't what they thought they were, that they were really just a normal person in their sex, and they were confused. And we have a society that's confusing them all the time now. And I don't understand for the life of me why Democrats want to support this kind of stuff, unless, of course, they are just agents of the devil. Nothing else makes sense to me. Let's continue. Cooper, however, asserted that, I remember this part, a doctor's office is no place for politicians. Okay? Adding that the state should continue to let parents and medical professionals make decisions about the best way to offer gender care for their children. So he says that the doctor's office is no place for politicians. Okay. Let's see if he really means that. Uh, ordering doctors to stop following approved medical protocols set a troubling precedent and is dangerous for vulnerable youth and their mental health. Think about this. He's making a, a, a medical or psychological determination right here. Well, well stopping them from, from medical protocols is, is troubling and is dangerous for the kids' mental health. But he's not talking about dealing with their mental health. You, you're dealing with their mental health by altering their physical identity? Is that what you're talking about, Governor? That's going to help the mental health of this person? The government should not make itself both the parent and the doctor, he said, defining his decision. Further, Cooper vetoed House Bill 574, aimed at protecting women's sports, contending that politicians are inflaming their political culture wars by making broad, uninformed decisions about an extremely small 
number of vulnerable children that are already handily handled by a robust system that relies on parents, schools, and sports organizations. That was a clever reframing. When actually House Bill 574, to my understanding, is trying to protect a vast majority of people from being infringed upon by this small minority. People, you know, the slick way of reframing what is obvious. The vast majority, people do not send their daughters to school to play and shower with boys. Not real men, not real women. We don't do that. There's going to be plenty of time, you know, when kids start growing up, they start thinking about these things. But that's another story. We don't put boys in the same places with girls in intimate circumstances when their privacy is being violated. And we don't make boys compete against girls. You know, when they're little kids, you know, I remember, I think it was like the second grade. We used to play volleyball at Washington Elementary School in Pasadena, California. In the second grade, um, I'm trying to get my grades right here. Maybe it was the first grade. I'm not sure. Say it was the first grade. Uh, no, I think it was the second grade. Boys and girls would play volleyball, and it was competitive. And I, I mean, you know, the girls could hold their own, and the boys held their own. I mean, it, it was a competitive thing, and 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 and, and the genders didn't matter. Well, by the time we got to the third grade, I don't even think they had volleyball anymore. But we started to get into a situation where the boys were getting bigger, and there was no longer any competition against the girls. They couldn't function on the same level as the males, so it was quite necessary for the girls to have their own set of things and then as you got older and older uh there was no way girls are going to be able to compete with boys on the same level because they didn't have the same physicality and of course by the time we got to junior high school and in junior high school we start dressing for gym and when we dress for gym we take showers but the boys had their room the boys had their showers the girls had their room the girls had their showers we didn't have this transgender stuff going on then. We didn't have this mentality in our society. We didn't make a, we didn't have this ideology that we don't know what we are when we're born. Everybody knew what it was when it came out of the womb. Look, there it is. It was that simple. And you know what? Everybody still knows what it is. Um, he also defended his veto, adding that Republican governors in other states have vetoed similar bills because they hurt their state's reputation and economy and because they are neither fair nor needed. Well, if somebody did, they need to go too. If you're gonna if you're gonna put boys with girls, you need to go too. I don't care who you are. 
Finally, the Democrat governor also vetoed Senate Bill 49, which focuses primarily on parental rights. What? Parental rights? Let's see here. Uh, let me change this. I'm trying to see my... In part, the legislation makes it clear that parents have the right to consent or withhold consent for participation in reproductive health and safety education programs and and excuse me and the let me change the page here and the right to know of and approve of preferred pronoun changes for their children among other rights listed in the legislation however cooper believes the legislation will scar teachers into silence by injecting fear and uncertainty in classrooms despite acknowledging that parents are the most essential educators for their children and this is where i made my comments i said cooper's contradicting logic Hold on a second, I gotta clear this up. Cooper's contradicting logic. Um, excuse me. Uh, a doctor's office is no place for politics, but politics has a right to interrupt parents' right of consent. He's being a hypocrite. He says one thing that he thinks supports his position, and then he says another thing that he thinks supports his position. So he's he's contradicting himself. You know, parent. What what, what on that first page? What do he say over here? He says, however, a doctor's office is no place for politicians. Adding that the state should continue to let parents and medical professionals make decisions about the best way to offer gender care to their children. But then up here, he goes around and said he believes the legislation will scare teachers in the silence by injecting fear and uncertainty into the classrooms. And despite acknowledging that parents are the most essential educators of their children. Guy's a joke. And then he goes on with the ad hominem attack with the say, this don't say gay bill. You know, it says also hampers the important and sometimes life-saving role of educators as trusted advisors when students have nowhere else to turn, Cooper said, reusing the false name which originated with Florida's parental rights in education law. Democrats don't care anything about a parent, uh, education's, I mean, the parents' rights. What did Joe say? These are our children? They mean that. They mean that. For when I was in California years ago, they made a law that if your daughter got pregnant and wanted an abortion, the school would take her to get abortion and never tell you. I remember I told this liberal woman that she gave me all kind of, I ain't gonna take my daddy anywhere. 
They ain't gonna do that. Yeah, they would. She still vote for Democrats too. The, the rights of parents are well established in state law. So instead of burying, uh, burdening schools with their political culture wars, legislators should help them with better teacher pay and more investments in students. However, this does not mean that the bills are dead, as the state legislator could still override the vetoes and make the bills become law. As Republicans control both chambers, the Democrats' resistance to protecting parental rights follows the National Education Teachers Union Association, the country's largest teachers union, effectively feeding into the culture wars added gender queer to their summer reading list. You know, this is funny. This 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 is this is hilarious. But the good thing in North Carolina, they can veto this. They can override the veto. Screw his veto. They can override it. The legislator can still protect the children of North Carolina. And I wish they do. And give the parents their rights. And I wish they do. So then they go on this this, this uh this article ends by talking about gender queer. Why they threw that in there, I don't know. New York Post notes that the book has been challenged for its depictions and descriptions of oral sex as well as discussions of masturbation. I didn't bring anything in there. I, I had a video of the author of this book. I'm not going to share it. Uh, it. It doesn't give you any pertinent information. It just shows you that she's just a strange-looking woman. It says strange things. But she did say one thing. She said that she didn't think the book was appropriate for anyone younger than high school. I don't think it's appropriate for any of these kids. Uh, what they say, that it shows examples of not just masturbation, but sexual intercourse between... Uh, males and females or males and males and females and females. Under any normal situation, this would be called pornography. But we're not under normal times now. We're under strange times. Very strange times. <clears throat> and what's sad is we have one political party that is open to all this debauchery. And I don't understand it. And I don't understand the people that support this party. That they can't see or they don't care or maybe they believe and accept all of this evil. But if you want to protect your children, you need to find out what's going on. And you need to vote out these Democrats. You know, I believe in the two-party system. Because man is flawed and he's going to always make mistakes and he needs a counterbalance. But this thing is so lopsided right now with these people in the Democrat Party that they need to get rid of all of them. Maybe they need to go uh, the way of the Whigs. Maybe they need to bring in a new party. 
you know, but uh, this this United States of America is 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 sound like we're getting a death rattle. We need to change. We need to go back to God. We need to take care of our children. We need to take care of our nation. One thing is for sure: we need to get rid of, you know, people like uh, what's her name, Gret uh, Witcham or whatever the heck her name is, and Cooper. Now Cooper's he's gone. He's termed out. So hopefully Mark Robinson will win in North Carolina. Somehow this woman won re-election. I don't know how. Then again, I don't know how Joe got 81 million votes. Stalin, I believe, said that it doesn't matter how many votes you get. It matters who does the counting. That's not a direct quote, but it was something similar to that. And if our elections are violated as such, we're in trouble because nobody can win on our side. So we're going to have to figure out something, some way to make this place fair and equitable and some way to, uh, to make sure our children are not growing up in an environment that's telling them that they can be anything other than what they are. And we need to defend the First Amendment freedom of religion we need to be able to exercise it unabridging and we also need to be able to tell the truth instead of being coerced into telling a lie you know that's like 1984 when they say two and two is five you know war is peace you know stupid stuff like that this i mean there's there's not much difference between what this law they're trying to do in Michigan says in 1984, mind control. It's tyranny. It's crazy. Wake up, America. Wake up before it's too late. Because I would hope that our grandchildren will find a country that's worth living in. This is Sam Tolley, and I'm out.